0: Good morning. Are you glad to be here? Ask the person next to you. Are you glad to be here? Well, I'm glad you're here. What a great day. The Ducks won. (laughs) It's not raining. And the sun's out. It don't get no better than that. Could you just take a moment to prepare your heart? Just ask God in the next half hour to give you something for you. It might not be through my voice, might be through his or something someone else says, but just ask God to give you something for you. We've been having a wonderful series about testimony. We're going to wrap that up. And, um, but I, I've enjoyed it. Have you enjoyed it? All the different stories, things you learned about people that you didn't know before. Like, wow, they really, they, they what? And that's so fantastic. You hear about, you know, things they did. And, and uh, it's just, it's been great. But how we're going to wrap it up is we're going to talk about your testimony because you have one and you are developing one. You will have more later. You have already have some. But we're going to talk about having a testimony. Well, how, how do we have a testimony? Well, there, the, a testimony... It develops. It doesn't happen in a day or a, a week or something. It, it, it's a testimony. And it usually starts with a story. Don't you love stories? Don't you love when speakers tell a story rather than just in the book of Philippians as compared to the book of Galatians or whatever? I mean, that's okay. I'm not, I'm not criticizing that. But sometimes it's just a, a, a story. It just kind of our ears perk up. And yeah, we heard stories about eggs. We heard stories about people having addictions. We'd heard stories about people living with a spouse with addictions. Living about people with going through and potentially with a second marriage and all that. And, but when people began to tell a story... Wow, you know, ooh, 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 yeah. But then what happens, the next thing we do, they tell us a problem. So the story develops, and then we say, well, I had this situation. And you don't have a testimony without something to testify about. So we don't have a testimony when things are going well. That's not a testimony. That's just, you know, just moving on. See, if you, if you go out and put your key in the ignition, turn it and it starts, that's not a testimony. I mean, that's, supposed to, I, that's how it's supposed to work. That, that's not, yay, my car started. Let's all give a testimony about our car starting. No, that's not it. It's like your car didn't start. Because see, really, I just lost the connection. Please come back. Yeah, but it's not here, though. There we go. <laughs> All right, come on. Anyway, this thing isn't working. But the next thing we have is an, something that happens that we don't have an answer for. See, when your car when, if your car didn't start. You don't know what to do. How many of you, when your car is in the start, you're going, uh, 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 uh. at least all the ladies are raising their hands. <laughs> and, and if some miraculous thing like God says, go out and kick the left tire, and you go out and, and all of a sudden it starts, that's a testimony. Because you had a story, you had a problem, and you had a problem you didn't have any answers for. And then we have a testimony. But see, before... We have a testimony. See, we have to have a test. It's test ammoni. You have to have a test so you can give Amoni. I'm not sure what Amoni is, but Amoni comes after a test. I think it's working okay now. Yeah. I think. How many of you like tests? Two people raise their hand. All right, well, those people will call the psychiatrist in, in a little while and how many of you studied for things in school that you never you knew you were never gonna be tested on? There's a few ridiculous students here that have no idea why you did that. But most of the time we study when we know we have to verify that we've studied. It's called the test. Why do they give us tests? To make sure you're studying. To see how well you are learning the material that we're looking at. God's tests are very similar. How are you doing? How are you doing in the things that he's bringing into your life, that he's having you walk through? It's often a test. Now, Peter, he tells us about this and he says, do not be surprised. How many of you get surprised when difficulties come? How many get like, oh no, not again. How many of you try to avoid it? You know what? Lots of luck. You're not going to avoid it. The best thing we can do is go through it. Don't be surprised at the painful trial you are suffering, as though something strange were happening to you. This is not strange, it's going to be happen. In this world, you will have trouble. It's going to happen, like it or not. But rejoice that you are participating in the suffering of Christ. So that, let's say that together, so that. There's a so that. In other words, these tests, these difficulties are in order that we can have a so that. A so that is, as a result of this, you have, I can do this because I went through this challenge so that, I may be overjoyed when his glory is revealed. What's his glory revealed? You having victory. That's his glory. You saying, I made it. Look what God did. And it's a a wonderful thing to realize that tests are for us so that. So that I may share. Now, I love how the Message Bible puts this same verse. Friends, when life really gets difficult, don't jump to the conclusion that your God isn't on the job. Instead, be glad that you're in the very thick of what Christ experienced. This is a spiritual refining process. I have a very dear friend that's a gold dealer in L.A., and he buys scrap gold, you know, like earrings and necklaces and bracelets of, of gold and, you know, 14 karat, 10 karat, etc. And he, he buys these things and then he puts them in these pots about this big, real thick walls and he turns the fire on. It's like, it's a loud noise, this fire, and it gets to 900 degrees. And he melts all this gold down. And what comes to the top is this ugly, disgusting, black junk. And he skims it off. And what's left is pure gold. Pure gold, when it's 24, you know, you, you see the, how much gold is worth. Well, real gold, pure gold is worth more than that. It's about $5,000 an ounce. But he left it in the old scrap form, he'd be about 100 bucks. Hundred dollars or five thousand? What's the difference? Went through the refining fire. My friends, the tests are God's love expressed to us as a refiner's fire so that we can come up, come out as pure gold. So that. So that. For those of you who don't know, my wife has Alzheimer's disease, diagnosed about seven years ago. It was started to affect us five years ago, and about a year a little over a year and a half ago, I had to put her in a memory care facility. I'm not glad about that. I hate it. I, Alzheimer's, all I, I've told people, Alzheimer's is a cruel disease. It's cruel. I'm not glad about any of it, but I have been learning some things. I've been refined, and some things I really didn't want want to be refined in, but some purity because I went through a test. didn't ask for it, didn't want it, but can't avoid it, Amen? amen? Can't avoid it. See, I think many people, they spend more time trying to get out of it and spend more energy trying to get out of it than just, well, let's just go through it then. Let's go through to victory. James chapter 1 tells us this. Consider pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face trials of many kinds. So either James was a complete ding or he had an insight. How many think he was a ding I've thought that a couple of times but he might have had an insight. See, I think we have the mistaken idea. We think we're gonna have joy because of the problem. No, I have no joy in Alzheimer's. Do you hear me? None. But I have joy because God is with me in the problem. And the result of God being with me Is there is a result of something deeper, more pure, more great, more wonderful than before. That's what I have joy about. I don't have joy because of the problem. I have a joy of the result of what God is doing in and through my life because of the problem. Then it says, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know the testing, the what? Hear that word again. No test thing. Ah! The testing of your faith develops perseverance. Perseverance means you just keep on going in the middle of the test. Last year and a half has been pure perseverance for me. I see my wife every day. And there's days, boy, I don't feel like it. But I persevere. And she only recognizes me half the time now. It's harder. Getting harder and harder. But I'm learning more and more. See, if we look back at that scripture in James, sometimes I think we have the idea that if difficulties come, that means I've done something wrong. How, how, How many have ever thought that? Well, this problem is here, like, what did I do now? Or, well, you know, God must be upset. He's punishing me. Listen to me. God does not punish. He disciplines, but not punish. And the process of us learning isn't because, see, I happen to believe that God does not send any of this, but he sure uses it in our lives. God did not send Alzheimer's disease to my wife. But he's using it in my life. Even though a few weeks ago she said to me, you know, real soon I'm going to get a real husband. <laughs> I'm not sure what that means when I am. I guess maybe plastic or something, I don't know. But it's, it's the process of choosing to go through for perseverance because when you have stood the test, the scripture says, we will receive a crown. See, a crown is just an evidence of victory. An evidence that something good has indeed taken place. Now, I just want to make sure that we recognize that testing is not something as a result of your bad choices or behavior. Testing is probably the opposite of that. I hope I can say this in a way that it's understandable. I have felt honored the last months because God has let me experience a depth of pain but yet having victory through it there's a new depth I have a new compassion for people I have a new understanding a new care that I never had before now if I struggled? you bet I've struggled I've been depressed there's days there's days I want to throw this whole thing anywhere but around me but I have a new level And see, God has a way of bringing things up that we don't even know are there. I don't even, I don't know some of the testing I need. Amen? Nor do you. You don't know what God needs to do in your life. We pray, Lord, just, you know, do whatever you need to do. And then when he does something, we're not so thrilled about it. We had a friend or family that was pretty critical of me no not pretty critical very critical of me and m- my son had kidney failure about 15 years ago and needed a kidney transplant it was quite a process and this man was very very critical because i still traveled and teached as my son was going through this and had to be on dialysis and et cetera. And it was difficult but my son had come to me and he says dad please Please, Dad, don't stop what God's called you to do because of my illness. That would make it so much worse for me, knowing that my illness was preventing you from walking out God's call. Please, Dad, please go. So, in response to his request, I did. And this man was very, very critical of my doing that. And he called my wife to tell her what a jerk I was. And he actually told her, I'm not even sure he's a Christian. So after she hung up the phone with that conversation, she called me. I happened to be driving down Beltline. And she told me what this man had said. And I got so mad. Hung up the phone, and I started yelling at him. He's about 1,500 miles away, but he could probably hear me. (laughs) And I got to hold the steering wheel, and I'm shaking the steering wheel. How in the world? And God speaks to me. He says, what are you doing? Oh, that was ugly. How many of you have ever seen some ugly come out of you? See, God is taking us to the next level. See, I didn't know that was there, honestly. I didn't know that that ugliness was still in me. I had to go to a deeper level of letting God purify. But see, purification means there's a greater blessing. Now, the next part of James is talking about this whole process of trial and what happens. Now, when we go through challenges and difficulties, how we respond to them is so important. One thing I, I want us to make sure that we hear is that because you are tempted doesn't mean there's something wrong. I know people go through horrendous guilt just because they go through temptation. Well, man, if I was walking better, I wouldn't even be tempted. No, I don't know that's at all biblical. You're going to be tempted as long as you're on this earth. It's how you respond to the temptation, whether it's right or wrong. James, he says that when you stood the test, there's that word test again. Well, what's the difference between a test and a temptation? Well, the test is to verify that you're walking right. A temptation is to take you away from God. But you know what? You might not be able to tell in the middle of it. Is this a test or is it a temptation? You might not be able to tell because it kind of feels the same way. But we respond to it in the same way. I'm going to do what's right before God. We go through the process. Now, I want to talk a little bit about temptation because um, there is a process of uh, the enemy trying to get us off track and use these Difficulties to actually take us away from God. But if we respond right to our difficulties and our test, it'll draw us closer to God. But let's talk a little bit about what the goal of temptation is. <clears throat> There's five steps. Now, first of all, I want to say again, when you're tempted, you haven't done something wrong, and the differences I mentioned. So let's just talk about the five steps of temptation. This is according to uh, James chapter 1. There's five different processes that we have. Now, first of all, the Bible says that God cannot be tempted by evil. Hmm. I began to contemplate on that. God cannot be tempted. Why? Why? Because evil has no appeal to God. Evil has appeal to me. Anybody... When someone cuts me off driving, evil right then has an appeal to me. Anybody relate to this? I really want a machine gun them. I'm on my, my outside mirror. Just, just blow their tires away. <laughs> that appeals to me right then. But, but evil has absolutely no appeal to God. It's, it's not interesting to him. And so my prayer has been, God, I want more and more that evil not to have an appeal. Now, five steps to temptation. First of all, it's desire. Now, this word is translated quite differently from translation to translation. King James uses the word lust. NIV uses evil desire. I don't think either one are the best. The Greek word for this is epimedia, which basically is the word longing. I long for something. And it's not evil. See, when the NIV translators put it in, they they had to assume that temptation started with evil. No, you can have a, a good longing that can lead you to evil. Let me give you a a practical way that God walked me through this. Some years ago, as I was with the Lord, he kind of had this thought. He says, okay, there's a green genie that pops out of your lamp. And this is God's green genie. So no three wishes of the normal green genie. This is 25. 25 wishes. He says, I want you to write them down. What would you ask for if I gave you 25 wishes? Woo-hoo-hoo! all right, man, I was excited, all right. I got the dream car, and I got this real estate, and I got never have another financial need ever. And then I, would have, you know, and I, I wrote down 25 things. And after I got all done, the Lord said, now look at them. If I fulfilled every one of them, would you be closer to me or further away from me? Oh. <laughs> oh. I had to start scratching them off. Are you with me? See, this is the place to deal with temptation, is in our desire arena. Most of us, the third one, is when we actually are tempted with something. That's when most of us begin the process. But see, our, we, we wait way too long to actually begin to deal with what the goal of temptation. And so, you know, I have a dream car. If you wanted to borrow my car now, sure. Here you go. But if I have a dream car, don't you even look at it hard. Your eyeballs might get it dirty. I don't know. I I know I, I wouldn't be as generous. Are you with me? And I realized I have lived the last 45 years with trusting God to meet our financial needs. And God has provided for us supernaturally for 45 years in a row, I need to walk that lifestyle because that keeps me dependent upon God. I had to scratch out never another financial need because I need them. I need my needs to keep me crying out to God. Are you with me? So I had to scratch that one off. And then real estate, I had to scratch, I mean, I, I had 25, I was left with 10. I had some things for my kids and things that, God said that was okay. And I want to challenge you that you do that same thing. List your top whatever desires, and then see if you'd be closer to God or further away if He fulfilled them. And so I had to get rid of some desires. They weren't. It wasn't. It's not ungodly to want a nice car. It's not sin but I realized I wouldn't be closer to God. So I had to eliminate some of that. The next thing, the next step, according to this James chapter one, is dragged away. Dragged away from what? Dragged away from the things that keep me connected to God. Like fellowship, coming to church. How many of you have ever felt dragged away from fellowship? Just wanted to be on my own. I, I can have church just me and Jesus. It's not biblical. I'm dragged away from times of worship. I'm dragged away from my time in scripture. I'm dragged away from prayer times. I'm dragged away that, for, from things that keep me connected to God. How many of you recognize there's been times the enemy tried to drag you away? See, red lights should, shout, should begin to blink and warning lights shout to you, danger, danger, because that is the part of the process of temptation because he's dragging you away from things that will con- keep you connected and moving on and having this process of a test produce something good. See, we're dragged away because I have to admit to you that one of my dragged away is feeling sorry for myself. I, I'm sure none of you ever have, so I'll just, I'll just confess. But for me, it's like, good grief. No one else understands. If you ever have no one else understands, instantly you know it's wrong. How many of you have ever said, well, why me? Anybody ever said, why me? Boy, that's really selfish. I'd rather have you have the problem than me. Ooh, that's not good. That's, that's not a pretty sign. So I, I realized that the enemy wants to drag me away from the things that keep me fresh and alive with God. And the next step, then, is the enticement, or the thing dangled out in front of us. Look at this, look at this, look at this. Come get it, come get it. How many of you notice the enemy does not tempt you with ugly things? The things are not appealing. They look great, but they're like cotton candy. They look great, but they're not very good for you. And we are enticed. That's See, this is the process where most of us begin to deal with temptation when we're already 60% of the way on the process of the enemy's path. We try to deal with it when the actual thing is, here it is, come get it, come get it. No, I won't. No, and Jesus, no, no. No, no. I won't. How many know that it kind of keeps up for a while just to wear you down? Anybody understand what I mean? Just to wear you down. First one doesn't work, but the enemy doesn't give up easily. How many of you notice that? Pretty soon it's like, no, I'm probably not. Maybe I won't. And then it happens. And then we sin, which leads the fifth one is to death. And the enemy wants to use these difficulties to separate us and to take us away from God. But if we respond in a right way for the challenges and difficulties I go, it will take me to God and not away from God. In 1 Kings chapter 17, we have a story of the man named Elijah. And he had prophesied to the wicked king and queen Jezebel and Ahab of Israel. It's not going to rain until I say it's going to rain. Ended up being three and a half years. And as soon as he prophesied that, the Lord says, get out of here. Because they're going to try to kill you. So he did. He got out of there and he went down this place called the Kerith Ravine. And there was water in this little creek. And ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and at night. Now that is miraculous. If you know anything about ravens, they're not going to share their meat. They're going to eat it. They're, they're carnivorous, and they're not particularly happy with you wanting some of their meat. They dropped it twice a day. I, that is miraculous. Now, I wonder if it was the same meat every day. What do you think? Was it cooked? Do you have to cook it? Was he out there trying to make sure he can catch it so it didn't fall in the dirt? I don't know. I I just, I I, I like to know the practicalities. How'd this go down? Now, the word of God says, sometime later. Well, how long is later? Well, if you know a little bit about scripture, we know it didn't rain for three and a half years. And he know the next step he was at was about two-ish or so years. So we know that this how long was nine months to a year. Nine months to a year out there every day trying to catch your meat. Hoping that it would be tri-tip today. (laughs) You're tired of chicken. I don't know. Peace out. there then said and then it says the brook dried up because there'd been no rain in the land now here's my question for you what had elijah done wrong why did the brook dry up because there hadn't been any rain It wasn't because there was something wrong. See, I think when difficulties come often again, we say, what did I do wrong? But I want to walk with you now with Elijah's life and see what God did and what he brought him to. He was used by God To declare to a wicked king and queen the word of the Lord. And then he went and he lived miraculously in the provision of God. Supernaturally having ravens drop you, which is very supernatural. And living every day in the supernatural provision of God. But then... The next thing he did after the brook dried up then the Lord spoke to him to go to this next town and he met a widow and there God used him to multiply food. So he went from just living to praying and God multiply food and then right after that her son died and God used him to raise the dead. I don't know about you but that's, I would say that's advancement. That's promotion. But it all was through a difficulty every time see without a test we don't have a testimony and God wants to bring us through to victory so we can say this is what God did now what is a prerequisite to victory what do we need in order to have a victory a battle see, the Ducks won yesterday, because, but they had to play the game. They didn't win just by showing up. Are you with me? You have to fight. What is a prerequisite to a victory? You have to have something to win. You're going to go through challenges. But how we respond to them, how we choose to look at them, am I trying to avoid them? Am I saying, okay, God"? I want to grow. I want to become more mature so I can have this test turn into a testimony. Even Jesus, although he was a son, he learned obedience because God made it always easy for him. Hmm. It's not what it says. Although he was a son, God protected him so he wouldn't have to go in the army or the National Guard. That's what it says. Although he was a son, he learned obedience by what he suffered. We don't always choose this path. I would not have chosen some of the things that I have gone through in the last months for sure. but I am very grateful for the result because I have chosen to go through it in victory. Now, it hasn't been always like that. There's days like, forget this nonsense. And it's harder. She only knows me half the time. It's, it's more difficult every day. But I am learning something more every day. A little bit more pure gold. A little bit more, all right, Lord. Because so I, I go and see her, and sometimes she's not very nice to me. And I'll go out in the car and say, all right, Lord, I got to have something from you because that was not enjoyable. That was hurtful. And I'll drive down the road, singing at the top of my lungs, and he takes me deeper. Let's have a testimony. Want a testimony? Because we passed the test. I challenge you, don't avoid them. Don't try to get away from them. Go through it in a positive way. I was dealing with what I've been dealing with and, and I would h- handle You know, the bigger things pretty well, but the little things I wasn't doing well with. Like, you know, drivers. (laughs) Like people that check you out at the department store that are less than wise. Mm -hmm. And God says, Do you want to be right or do you want to be godly? My first response is, can I be both? <laughs> no, I, w- I want to be godly. And I challenge you in the name of the Lord Jesus let's choose to be godly as we walk through our challenges, as we walk through our refining process, as we walk through the tests so that we can have a testimony. And this will be the result, as Haggai tells us, that the greater, that it'll be greater once we go through it than before we went through it. In other words, the the strength of the latter rain will be greater than the former. I I wanna be better next month than I am this month. How about you? So, how do we grow? It's gonna be through some tests. How do we become more mature? by having some things that don't go so well and choosing to be godly. I challenge you in the name of the Lord today. Accept your tests. Accept the challenges. All right, Lord. I, you might not like them. Boy, there's some I sure don't like. But I choose to go through them because I want to give you a testimony from my test. Let's pray together. Lord, I ask that in your love for us, you will give us a new, fresh, tenacious willingness to grow. Even though it's difficult, even though it's not our pleasure or our choice, Lord, would you give us a a new freshness of determination that we will let you refine us so that we can be pure as gold. Lord, we thank you that your love is enough. And as we sang earlier, you'll never lead us. You're going to be right by our side. And I pray that we will walk with you to your goal in being able to give a testimony from our test, I pray. In Jesus' name. Prayer, servant team, would you come, please? And if you need someone to maybe come along beside you because your test is not any nominate a testimony it's just a test well have someone pray with you and stand with you and let's determine we're going to declare the whole world we're going to choose to be better than we were before Amen? amen have a great week be blessed